everybody. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm Kate Kennedy, your host, owner founder of Be There in Five, the company best known for inventing the remind doormat, doormats that see you on your way out instead of a welcome mat that sees you on your way in, inspired by the 2014 series of meltdowns where I thought I left my curling iron on, only to constantly be turning around. One time I literally missed a boat. You know the drill. So I thought, hey, this is a canvas. This is better than a post-it on my door. I'm going to put turn off your straightener or turn off your curling iron or turn off your oven or whatever I forget on my way out because I'm going to be there in five minutes type of gal on my doormat and see what happens. Put them on Etsy. They take off. A year and I quit my job. A year or two in, I realized the perils of small business ownership. I pursue other creative things on the side. I do a lot of artwork. We have Bravo pop culture, American girl related products in our shop too. I also wrote a book called Trinkle Trinkle Social Media Star. And I have this podcast, which is a pop culture, uh, celeb gossip, 90s, 2000s, zeitgeist, kind of observational humor podcast designed to salute all the things that I'm so curious about that make me that be there in five type of gal. It's not because I'm irresponsible. It's because I just got to know it all. And with nobody to talk to about it all, since I work alone, I have you guys, my lovely audience of the Be There in Five podcast. And I am so happy you're here. I'm so happy you've returned for part two of this Royal Deep Dive. A year and a half into this, it's it's funny. I The first year, I just really did not even consider having guests. I'm not a journalist. I'm not an interviewer. Uh, frankly, I wasn't sure if anybody would want to be on it. Um, but since kind of exploring this, I've had a lot of fun. It's expanded the audience and it's helped me realize the benefit of going off of another person and having a dynamic and not just always talking to myself. I've become so envious of people that, that have a partner in podcasting or I've always been envious of people that have a business partner that they work well with. Like when I interviewed Allie and Lindsay from uh, Obedient, the humor-based agency, they're one of the under the influencer series. They are like so in sync, such buddies, share everything. Ashley and Raina from Girls Gotta Eat. I was watching them. I was like, oh my God, you travel together. You split the duties. You you take the heat and the glory together. Like there's something that there's so much less pressure when there's another person involved. And even though it'll continue to be just me going forward, because, you know, I'm nothing if not controlling. I think that, I don't know, I like having another person there to kind of drive the conversation and to bring a different perspective than I can just as one person. And I think it's more beneficial to you as the audience. And it's helped me just like have a, be, feel a little lighter, have more fun with the podcast. And I'm looking forward to having some great guests on this summer. Like, And, and that's the other, the other thing too, is maybe it's me. I, I do, do you guys have a person in your life that you could be in business with that you could work with at all day, every day? I mean, I guess that's kind of what marriage is. So I have that. But in terms of like sharing the same type of work, having complementary skill sets, similar senses of humor, I, there's just so much that goes into needing to work well with somebody. And I'm amazed when people like find their person in a professional capacity. And oh, yeah. Okay. This is what, <laughs> this is what I was getting to. Um, another duo that has a podcast are Grace Atwood and Becca Freeman. They do... The podcast Bad on Paper, which every time I go on iTunes, it says like listeners also subscribe to or listen to. They're always the first one that comes up. So I think a lot of you do already listen to that podcast. But if you don't, I really want to support other podcasts and other women 
that are really putting themselves out there and putting out great content. And they model their podcast bad on paper out of off of like a book club. But like any great book club, it's only a little bit about the book. Because I listen to their podcast, but I don't really read. I'm just being totally honest. I do Audible sometimes, but I listen to a ton of news. And that's kind of like my reading, if you will. But I've been in a lot of book clubs, which, and the best part is, like, I'll read the Cliff's notes. I'll, I'll participate in, like, the discussion. But then you move on and you talk about, like, life and dating and wellness and travel and family and friends and all of the other great fun banter that comes with having, you know, your good friends in a room brought together by a topic. And that's kind of how I see the Bad on Paper podcast is centralized on books. They bring people in and bring people together by books and with their kind of book club because Grace and Becca are best friends. But surrounding the topic, they have really interesting guests come in that talk about their careers and their life and their love lives and a whole slew of topics. And um, they both have incredible business backgrounds. I know Grace was the director of social media for Bobble Bar prior to running her blog, The Stripe Full-Time, and Becca was head of marketing at Lola. And they're just really great girls that are doing awesome things. And I was telling you about that because they have a live show in Chicago tomorrow. I'm recording this Tuesday. It is May 28th, and their live show is Wednesday, May 29th at City Winery. There are still a few tickets available. I'll be there. There'll be lots of fun people there. I love an excuse for like-minded people to meet up. I think a lot of the hosts breed a lot of the type of people that come to these things, and um, I think it'll be so much fun. So grab tickets. That's tomorrow, May 29th at City Winery in Chicago. Doors open at 6. The show is at 8. There's a meet and greet after two. And then on June 7th, they're in D.C. Now, a lot of you are out there in D.C. because I'm from Virginia. And then on June 20th in Boston, the 27th in Charleston, and the 28th in Nashville. Holy crap. These are all great cities. Anyway, I just always, I don't know. I, I really think that especially in a medium like podcasting, we're like none of us are professional podcasters. Like that, that doesn't, that's not a thing. But we're all like people trying to build our own careers by making and carving out our own spaces. And the more we collaborate and support one another, especially when you're going out and doing something like live shows, which are a totally different medium that I would love to do someday. I just want, I don't know, I want to see people succeed and I want as many people to come to the show as possible. So something to think about, especially if you're here in Chicago. And I'm trying to think what else has been going on this week before we get back into Meghan Markle. Quickly reporting from the Beyond Editor's Note, if you want to go straight to Royals and do not care about Taylor Swift or the conspiracy that I have inserted myself into this week, please go to minute, like, I don't know, 20, 25, and that's when it really gets back into it, and then it's another solid hour plus of uh, Royal-related content. But, you know, maybe just stick around until then, because you might find out something new. Might get the hot goss. Hate myself for saying that. Regretted it immediately. Anyway, back to my non-editor's note of my thing I recorded earlier. Bye! This episode's, like, juicy, and it's fun, and we talk, we, we, it's a little gossip, more gossipy. We talk a lot about the affair. We talk a lot about her clothes, and the tailoring, and the fit of her clothes, and the bump, and please don't come at me. If I say at times I felt like her bump holding was excessive, as we'll talk about if you watch video footage, you'll watch her hands and work and, and like move and bump and bump and hip and bump and look and hands and what like I, I she, she is just like work cover girl with the way she's holding her hands for these photos. And it's less about holding the bump and more about hand placement, which I think 
Merritt explains really well. It, it's something she's like always done. And I really encourage you to look at the video footage of announcing um, the baby Archie. And also Merritt on at Sussex Style Watch is going to do a visual aid for all the outfits we talk about, which is so important because I think it's a little confusing. But once you see a, a, a photo, you'll know exactly what we're talking about because it's her her bigger looks. Merritt actually understands designers. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, remember when she went to Hamilton and had a double-breasted tuxedo dress? That was awesome. Do you think she knows all the world, words to satisfied? Like, I don't actually know things about fashion. I'm just like, I remember how she looked because I had a personal interest in the event she went to. Literally sitting in between Meghan Markle and Lin-Manuel Miranda. I mean, I, my my mind would explode. I, what's weird is I've written poems about both of them. Well, I've written a poem about Megan that I read partially on the last episode or in, I think, episode 14, if you want to go back and listen to the Meghan Markle mini-sode before her wedding. But also, um, I wrote an, I, I rewrote the entirety of the Hamilton intro, like, how does a bastard orphan <laughs> with the exact like rhyme internal external cadence of the way I met my husband, which nobody asked for. And it was more so me trying to figure out if I could find ways to uh, build sentences like Lin-Manuel Miranda can. I, like I'd imagine the way some people feel about football or like the way Hannah B feels about Alabama football and apparently saying roll tide, which literally makes me cringe. Um, I feel about, uh, syllables, vowel sounds, and internal rhyming. <laughs> and everybody unsubscribes. But truly, like, uh, sports are great. But when somebody s- is, like, saying, lock up your daughters and horses, of course, it's hard to have intercourse over four sets of corsets. Think about that. Horsets. Horses of corsets intercourse over four sets of course like this stuff blows my mind and i get so excited about it or um the second song aaron burser and they're using burser and burser and disgust me and disgust me um i'm a trust fund baby you can trust me and um there's also what's the other is it the cabinet battle when he's like washington isn't gonna listen to disciplined dissidents this is the difference this kid is out it's like, listen, discipline, dissidence, this is difference. This kid is like, it's, it's, I, I, oh God, anyway, should I do a Hamilton deep dive or no? Would nobody, would nobody, is that a Patreon thing? Would nobody listen to that? I'm like so jacked up even talking about it. I might record it after this, even though nobody asked for it. Um, anyway, we'll get to our Royal part two soon. The only other update I'll give because, well, I want, I like that some episodes are evergreen because like, you know, going back, I couldn't listen to like a grandson special, which is the nickname I adopted for Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson. Um, but nobody else really seemed to catch on. Like, I wouldn't listen to that now. We know the outcome. We know the outcome of Chloe and Tristan and Jordan. Sometimes I just, I want things to be, you know, applicable at any point in time. But I also, when I do interviews with guests, I don't want to forego anything that's gone on that, that particular week. And I feel like the biggest thing to go on this week, kind of in my realm, in this podcast realm, is, well, the fact that, um, long story short, go to Be There in Five's Instagram, F-I-V-E, not the number, and I put up a post kind of explaining how I think that, well, kind of in response to like my TS7 podcast and um, some of the commentary I've made, I'm, I've just ne- so never been vocally very interested in Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn's relationship. 
something about it's always been off to me and it's always felt very strategic to me and very transactional more so than romantic. Do I know if they're together or not? I don't really know, but I do know what the weird thing Calvin Harris tweeted about, you know, taking on a, a growing a big old beard, you know, in effort to win at Grammy and how it didn't work. And like, he just said beard, big old beard several times. And it was in relation to the time that he was with Taylor Swift. And I was, and it kind of like, like flipped me upside down because reading that I was like, A, why is nobody paying more attention to this? B, he didn't have like a beard during that time. C, what he clearly means is like he did something in order, like you don't need to grow a physical, like facial hair in order to make yourself more eligible for rewards. That whole thing like really got me thinking more about this. And obviously we know like the Tom Hiddleston paparazzi photos back in the day were like to throw everybody off course from what Kim was saying in the GQ article about Taylor being a liar and that's when the attention was so diverted away from Kim coming out and saying that, that I think that's why she released that tape in the first place on Snapchat that kind of took Taylor down, put us into snake reputation era, whatever. Um, so it's one of these things where I sometimes feel like I know Taylor Swift so well in her intentions and her heart and her lyrics and her family and like da da da. But then sometimes I get frustrated because it's like we hadn't seen her and Joe out since March when they were like running away from the paparazzi on a hike at a like in a canyon slash trail that like isn't really somewhere where people would park like Runyon is one thing but I've gathered from my friends and followers who are in the LA area you don't this where they were photographed isn't a place you'd really camp out and just like hope that a celebrity was coming like they were tipped off and the obvious running through the bushes I thought was kind of serving a breakup narrative. Like, you know, they've got the cages, they've got the boxes and guns. They're the hunters. We are the foxes and we, we run. It's very, I know places. Joe is almost rude about his privacy in every interview he does. And that's another problem I have in talking about or breathing life into theories of their relationship or their engagement I think, like, since I'm just such a diehard fan, I just don't see them together. And even though I don't know either of them personally, I do know that Joe actively chooses to not uh, lead with charm, charisma, or coyness when asked about allegedly the love of his life. And he instead responds with defensive anger, frustration, resentment about insisting on his privacy that he feels entitled to because his work should be separate from his personal life. And I completely disagree. I think he's so ill-informed if he thinks on any planet you can be an actor in major motion pictures and not have an element of your personal life exposed. Why? Because to reap the benefits of the money and the perks that come with being an actor in in movies, and whether your movies or TV shows or whatever... The benefits of having an unparalleled network and obscene amounts of money and access to all the best places in the world and best people in the world in terms of connections and being able to be more philanthropic and being able to support your friends and family and pay off people's loans and pay for stuff that stresses people out. And I mean, there's just like so many things that like fame and money and prominence can get you in life that other people are just having to like scratch their way to the top for but with that does come a loss of anonymity it with that comes it's a somewhat 
invasion of your privacy at times. And while those things are terrible, that's why you have enough money to have security, to have a mansion in several places and to kind of dodge the paparazzi press when you need to, which most people do very successfully. That's why we're not seeing the same people all the time everywhere because they or their team calls them when they want to be top of mind in the media. But anyway, when he chooses to be very dismissive to her fans or to press or the media, I'm kind of like, all right, if you, yes, there is a difference between an artist and a celebrity. The art of celebrity is is somewhat of a choice in being a public figure whose life is public dialogue and whose fame becomes an entity of itself beyond the body of work. And I do think that some people stay out of that. Like you don't see the paparazzi following around Diane Keaton. You know what I mean? Like there are people that have these periods of life where they're just like in this mode of celebrity and not everybody has to do that. But the way he talks to the press about like stay out of my business is so like harsh for somebody who's new to the game. And I'd argue would need the right to be like, I, you know, want my privacy. I've like given you enough. He's giving us nothing. And if you want to sell movie tickets, if you want people to watch your junk or support it, you need to give people something. And I think that his approach has been completely off. And um, if he really wanted to just act and it was all about the art and it wasn't about the fame and it wasn't about the money, he would do theater. Any actor who really just cares about acting can do theater. They can do local theater. They can do Broadway. They can be successful in their own right. But most people that are in major or minor theater in-person based productions aren't the type of people that would get stopped on the streets and whose personal life we would pry into. Also, if this was a personal priority of his that really meant that much, he wouldn't be dating the biggest pop star in the world. Kind of comes with the territory. Would be in his career benefit to be like even have like a sliver of a decent personality, but like he is constantly not even unimpressed me, but disappointed me with the way he responds to any talk of her and that, and I will end that there. (laughs) But anyway, besides that, I think that the other piece of this is every time they are spotted out together, we all know she can hide when she needs to hide. Every time they're spotted out together, something immediately follows it. And that's what I was pointing out out on Instagram. Not to say anybody's like a bad person or doing anything wrong, but more so just to shed light on the fact that like these things happen and a lot of stuff is strategic and a lot of things about their relationship don't add up to me. And this is a big part why is because if you're going to hike and claim an invasion of privacy when you're hiking with your boyfriend wearing dark jeans and Nikes, when your video for Delicate which has a lyric, dark jeans and Nikes, look at you, is coming out two days later, I'm going to think that's planted. And there's several examples of that. I think I have, I think I have like eight or nine that on my Instagram post and uh, Taylor Swift, like diehard fans, like want her to be happy and want her, this love story to be true, which like, I agree. Theoretically, I just, I don't know. I'm too old and too critical and too cynical at this point to just look at a situation like that for what it is like it just doesn't seem right and I don't know I don't know why I feel called to like point out these kind of discrepancies but um I guess having been on the in, in on the side of the fandom where people are just so like laser focused blinders on supportive no matter what I want to be like I love her to death but I want people to realize that this is 
like, don't message me saying not to post paparazzi photos and that I need to stay out of her business when here are eight examples of her capitalizing and generating business off of us getting into her personal business. You know what I mean? Like, if, if it really were off the table, then she wouldn't do an outing with him two days before tickets go on sale for a tour that people thought she wasn't going to sell out. And I got to the point where I was like getting messages from Swifties. And I was like, I don't like, I, I really, I, I, every, every girl and <laughs> every woman that podcast is like, I give zero Fs. I'm blunt. I tell it like it is. I'm rubber. You're glue. F all y'all. I'm going to be me. And like, yeah, me too. Maybe a little, like I'm totally me. And I don't lie, but I also work so hard not to piss people off. And it's really not in my nature to just like be controversial for the hell of it, to be devil's advocate, to be a naysayer, contrarian, whatever. Like I am more of a truth seeker than anything. And I want to provide a unique perspective. And I could be like, oh my God, her and Joe holding hands, dead, dying, RIP, call her, send flowers. Or I could be like, well... Over the past couple of years, I've noticed that two to four days following, there's a major headline surrounding one of their careers when they're seen out together because the times they're seen out together seem so random. Unless you can kind of correlate it back to something going on. And it's never the big, big things. It's never like the movie premiere date or the album uh, or the single release. It's like concert tickets go on sale, a trailer comes out, a video is dropped, um, a Netflix special is airing. It's it's like a little bit more subtle, but there are things that maybe wouldn't get the media traction otherwise. So anyway, I thought about taking it down. I was worried I was disappointing Swifties. I don't want to piss people off. I don't want to ruin people's like dreamy narrative of their relationship, but I also don't want to feed into the nonsense. And um, this morning when I woke up, I saw that he had one of the top stories on Daily Mail, and it was just about Joe Alwyn, and it was that... He is filming for BBC's adaptation of A Christmas Carol, and he's playing Bob Cratchit, I believe. I love A Christmas Carol. I love Mickey's Christmas Carol, to be specific, um, but I'm open to all uh, interpretations. And I was laughing so hard because I was like, oh my God, this is like clockwork. I literally was so torn about posting that because I just don't want to seem like negative or reaching, and I think everybody's kind of over album speculation at this point. Um, but truly... They step out on Friday in Paris. And I was like, this is textbook pandering. She said, I'm going to speak French. The album's going to be about Paris. It, or the album, you know, is going to have something to do with what I was talking about in French. Paris was part of the me video. She said in all of her interviews, like the language of love, blah, blah. Like we all know something's up with French. And for her to step out with him for the first time since March, when they did the I Know Places, Hunters, Foxes bit in Paris, I was like, <sighs> Like, this is so transparent to me. Like, I can't. Even if they are together, I guess, like, I don't I don't like feeling like people think we're dumb. And maybe I'm dumb. Maybe we, we all have no idea what's going on, and, and I'm totally off base here. But it's kind of like how I have trouble watching The Bachelor. It's like, you're treating this like it's this impossible love story as if we're all morons. Like, we all know, like, Colton and Cassie aren't a real thing. I mean, are they? Do you think they are? I don't know. I'm jury still out on that one. Um, I think she just wants to be famous. Um, but anyway, I just, I don't know. So long story short, 
I guess I feel better about posting that having seen it come full circle because like Blackwork, he had the first article that was solely about him and his career since January 17th. He has been in every single article about her since then, but he has not had one solo that was centered on his career until he was randomly, he randomly emerged back with her several months later after we thought they definitely broke up. I did a poll on Instagram over 70% of you thought they had already broken up. I am not alone in this. And I think we were all like a little bit disappointed because as I've also mentioned, there's an alternative narrative here that an element of it feels like baiting if she's not going to ultimately reveal more about herself. So anyway, guys, I can go on and on and on. Um, I should probably separate out this part, but I just don't feel like it's worth its own podcast, is it? I don't know. It's hard to say. Maybe I will. Because I actually could go on. Hmm, I'm going to think about this one. But anyway, um, for now, I hope you enjoy part two of our royal deep dive I wish I could record with Merritt all the time. She's amazing. She added so much value to this conversation. She added some, so much juice to this one, too. And uh, I really think it's a fun episode, and I hope you guys love it. And I think I put in, like, the first few sentences that might have overlapped the last episode, but just, like, set the scene. We're going right into the William affair rumors. Also, you know, I'd say I'm sorry for having no other tricks up my sleeve besides Myra's Miracles Happen. But this song's important and, you know, this movie's incredibly important to me. And, you know, even though I am disappointed in the messaging, it's teaching young women to uh, pluck their eyebrows and wax them at a way too young age. Mia Thermopolis' eyebrows would have crushed it this day and age. I still think that that, especially the sequel, is one of the finest sequels we will ever experience in our lifetime. Um, also... What do you want me to do? Play Mandy Moore's haunting rendition of Stupid Cupid? She sang at that beach party? Like, no. My rare bust. <laughs> anyway, hope you enjoy. and it was a storm and in part of me was like i mean where there's smoke there's fire it's kind of how i feel about the affair rumors right now i'm like i don't want to believe it but i also don't want to be a naive person that thinks that a person's only going to react in a direct opposite um, way because you love that person like you want to yeah like i want to believe william is so shook by charles and diana's issues with infidelity and the media and all these things that he would act in opposition to it but oftentimes people repeat That's, patterns it's true it's more common yeah and we don't, my, what I'm always telling people on this podcast, a big reason why I started this podcast is because I want people to be realistic about public figures because of the comparison game. And because when you talk about somebody unfavorably, people call you negative. Right. But I think it's so important to maintain the human element and to maintain a critical level of critical thinking because we are adults. Right. And you can't stand somebody. And I think stand worship culture is a huge problem of younger people. And I feel like Elizabeth Holmes does a really good job of that on her Instagram. Because yeah. people get mad at her for saying that she's rooting for one over the other. And it's, it's totally cool to be critical of somebody's outfits and make comments about that. It's a totally other problem to comment someone's looks or their personality or target them in like a hateful way right she's critiquing her outfits based on um what the message sends yeah. not not that she looks bad in the outfit not that it's i don't you, you know what i mean it's totally she's the, the critiquing is fine it's the way you critique yeah like you and i aren't in the business our our profession our output isn't our image right it's not our appearance like yeah some of it is but like 
when you know that what goes into the way somebody presents themselves is, is run like a like corporation, it's it, fascinating. It's fascinating and yeah. it opens itself up to a different level of criticism, especially when you like have the longevity and like acknowledgement of patterns with the royals. But I think that um, when those, ru- so I guess quickly to loop back to the cheating thing. Um, is that I, the other rumor you wanted to ask? Yes, <laughs> that was the second one. Um, I know it seems free flowing, but I actually think it's more structured because we're kind of going throughout time. But I think that, and then we'll do our be- like best fashion Outfits. moments at the end. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that, that the rumor, I do think when there's smoke, there's fire. I, I think that something's going on, but I think it's not what we think it is because you can tell they that the two couples' interactions are chillier. Yep. But what kills me is I'm like, if anything, when I don't like somebody, I am that much nicer. Yeah, kill them with kindness. Kill and I feel kindness. like that's, again, a good point to make about the women. They're both smart. Yeah. They both want to make the best media impression for themselves. They're not going to try and be chilly with each other in person. Right. If, even if they are in private, um, they're going to do their best to show the world that they are buddies. Like, it's, that's no, just... So why don't they, is my question. I mean... It's hard to say because I feel like every move they make is so dissected that they may not want to they err on the side of say nothing. a lot because yeah. lip readers. I mean, you see <laughs> articles language. about that all the time. So, so the true. less you say, the less you're going to get. I mean, not not totally true, but the less you say, the less people can can say about you, I guess. 100%. Like they'll yeah. say, yeah, it was chilly. They didn't talk much. But I'd say it's probably more of what if somebody overhears me or what if of I yeah. say something in passing that's it might not be negative. It might be about one of the players on the court at Wimbledon or something. But yeah, the call they're but you making. Don't want, you don't want that to be reported. So it may just be like just yeah. you just don't say a lot. And you never see the brothers say a whole lot when they're but it's True. the women that we're focusing on. Well, that's a good point, too, because the um, we were talking about uh, Megan at Eugenie's wedding literally waving her hand mildly and making a strong point. And it was like a story for two weeks about her snapping her at Harry. annoyed with him. So you're yeah. right. They're in the profession of stoicism. Right. And they can't overreact. And I think if I were Megan, I'd maybe overcorrect because Americans are expressive. But see, that's why you can see that she's doing that. She'll put the hand, mm-hmm. she'll put her hand on the small of Kate's back when they were walking to church on Christmas or whatever. Like she, she, she's good at those facial expressions. And Kate is too. And she acts happy to see her. But as far as the actual conversation, I don't think they're supposed to be talking a lot because one, they're getting pictures taken. They Mm want to look good. And I, for one, look terrible. A lot of candid photos. A lot of chin, a lot of laughing. Yeah. That's why I was like, duh. (laughs) I'm sure those are solid. We can like stage one later. Um, But I feel like there are probably, there's probably more than one reason than just them potentially being frosty i think it's they know they're getting their photos taken they know people are paying attention to what their lips are how their lips are moving so again it's calculated they're not mm-hmm. saying a lot because they don't want to give away a lot hmm. yeah i don't know yeah. I, could, I could be wrong again not an expert well yeah it's nobody listening to this is looking for experts they're boring <laughs> um i think that the yeah the the recent interactions where you really look and maybe we're looking for it and we weren't earlier 
but you watch like Harry get out of a car and Will and Kate get out of a car. Like Easter. Are you talking e- about Easter? Easter. And then they don't interact. You are like, that was they weird. They used to seem to rib each other. To like, be, okay, just to be devil's advocate for that specifically, Harry had not been to that service or ever. that event. I don't know about ever, but I'm pretty sure I read an article that said at least in the last few years. Okay. So I'm wondering if maybe he just didn't know where to stand. Again, all speculation. Maybe they are frosty. Maybe they hate each other, but they're brothers. I mean, family drama. Totally fair. We all can relate to that. So I think um, there's a lot of interest. Uh, I'll link you guys to some articles about this affair. There's, I've read some really like fascinating, dishy British tabloid pieces that like really dig in or like, Literally, nobody in the high society of the English countryside does not know about this affair. And, like, you're kidding yourself if you think otherwise. And I'm like, damn. And I'm like, why would you just say that? But, you know, you don't know who to trust. But um, I think that the what's tricky is it being out there, period, and being picked up so much. But the royal family does have control over the media to a degree. And... Even though I was too young to understand this, I've done enough research to understand that the 90s for the royals were so bad that they wouldn't do anything. They, they will not risk being in like tampon gate territory. They will not risk being in the Camilla, Diana, like, tri- I mean, right. it, they, they were a joke. Fergie, Andrew, joke. They haven't said anything about it. And I, I'm so interested to see how this plays out because it seems like it's gotten enough traction as to where it could be legit. But it, the Queen and Co, they, Kate, to her credit, researched an interest in a prestige and a fascination in the family because she allegedly was a commoner. Meghan brings in all the Americans and all, I mean, another level of hope for us all of like this fairy tale story. Right. And they have everything going for them. And for them to misstep right now, it's just, it's so the wrong strategy. And I like to think they're all consummate professionals who would do everything in their power to make it seem fine. Now, I have an opinion about it, but I'm not sure I want to share it because, I don't know, I feel like it's one of those things that opens up a can of worms that is unnecessary a little bit. I mean, I did live, I lived in London for a little bit. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and I did hear, okay, before I say this, I just want to say, I'm not, I'm not trying to feed into gossip. I would hope that he is not. And I, I, maybe he isn't, maybe he is. Who's to say I'm not an expert. I don't personally have inside knowledge. Um, no, but somebody I know who knows somebody. So this is like a, this is one of those like could be total bullshit. So that's why I'm saying, take it with a grain of salt. But somebody I know from when I was living in London knows someone who works at Buckingham Palace. Mm -hmm. And apparently he has a standing appointment with someone. And, And the only reason, again, could be totally false, could be such bullshit. Don't, please don't get mad at me. I'm literally just relaying what somebody told me. So I'm not making this up. But somebody else might be. (laughs) But... So that's why when I heard this story, because this was, this was something I heard like last year, the year before. So when I heard this story, I wasn't like, oh, that's so shocking. But at the same time, again, it could all just be just like any of the other stories, like royal sources. Who, I mean, who's to say? Well, to say that because the dishy tabloid pieces I was reading, I read none of this in American media, but in British media, a few of the places said it's not the person you think it is. It's a staff member. 
and the and the what's the deliberate part, the manipulated part of the media story is the selection of this friend as the person because it would be so much worse if they found if out who it actually was. That's, I mean, that could be true. I don't, I don't know who this person and was who he had a standing appointment with, but it was like, it was apparently one of those things where it's well known among, among yeah. staff. Like it wasn't like a, like, ooh, only his private secretary knew. Like it was right. a well-known. And I don't think you're like out that's of turn heard saying anyway. that because I've, that's what the, that's what the tabloids, what the are, tabloids saying are saying. But it might've been somebody else. Like you, and this just goes back and it's not Royal related at all, but I feel like, and not just men, but men in positions of power of any Hello. kind. That's, I mean, it's I, I don't sort think, of a common theme. And I don't but. think it's our job to necessarily see the best in them. Right. I, I like, I, I think women are unfairly judged, you know, for so many reasons because we have to behave in a certain way and blah, blah, blah. I, I don't owe that same service to men I, because I do think that there's so many cases of that happening. Abuse of power. Abuse of power. And like, oh, whatever. Again, the crown, if that is true about Prince, Prince Philip and his tours and just like sleeping with every woman in every country ever. And like Prince Charles And Prince too. Charles I mean, is kind of garbage. And like, I'm not a Charles fan. The only thing I really care about is that he and Camilla have the last laugh because, like, I think they actually were always in love and he I, couldn't I marry her because that. of a societal issue, which is messed up. Um, but Although they corrected I, for it and then Will got to marry Kate. Yeah. You know, so I think that, in, and what's so interesting too is like, you know, Diana's so off the table given her tragic passing. But like, if she were still around, who knows what people would say about her? Like, yeah. she, when you really dig into that, she was all over the place. I mean, uh, I remember seeing photos and videos of paparazzi just following her. This was before she even got married, mm -hmm. but just like driving to and from her house. I mean, just tortured. Yeah, but that was then. Right. It's, now it's like even, I mean, they have, if you see the photos from behind the screen, like from an edge where you see all of the paparazzi held back by like a line thing. Yeah. That's just the scheduled engagement. Right. I, I just, I would lose my mind. I don't know how. Oh my God. Yeah. And she was the guinea pig. Like the thing, what's funny about Diana, she, she was, was like, so now young. the chatter is worse and the accessibility, the, the information is much bigger, but she was a, yeah, 19 or whatever. And B, um, there was, the, the media was not being controlled how it is now, given her tragic passing. Right. And now Harry and William can say, like, when to back off and when they do and don't want people there. And th apparently the respect is there. Because even when Kate Middleton was photographed topless from 2,000 feet away. They got away, rid of him. They got, I mean, he was offed. Yeah. Like, sued everything, like, whatever. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I, I don't, I honestly, like, I guess my final answer the William affair is I do think it's happening <laughs> yeah and I'm to, to be honest I think that there's there where there's smoke there's fire and where there's a forest fire there is most certainly like it, it's something it's something it's something. not one isolated opinion and whether you heard it through a secondary or tertiary person or whether somebody a source in a tabloid did I just feel like more often than not when people start to say these things six months to a year to two years later it turns out to be true and at the time, you just want to believe it's not. I felt the same way about Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey. I was like, there's no way they are splitting those two are soulmates. 
I mean, you want to believe the best in all relationships because that's what you hope for your own. And I, I'm not in a relationship. So I hope that one day that I am and that I can hopefully expect that my partner will not stray. But I mean, it happens. People do it. And especially in positions of power, especially in positions of power, especially Royals, if you look past at all of the ex kings I mean, yeah. and princes, if, if yeah, law is based on precedence. Just say, I mean, yeah, like we have, all, if, yeah, if this were a courtroom, we'd have all the precedents in the world to make a verdict in alignment with how these things usually rule, right? And the in, which is not in the favor of the royal. Um, but I think that the, I don't know, I, I just the important part is people don't say like. You know, Kate's too concerned with the kids or has let herself go or did it. I'm like, clearly has, has nothing. Not. She looks <laughs> yeah. better than it I is, ever it will. It has nothing to do <laughs> like, with her. Yeah. And what's so crazy is that if all, if, if Megan, if I were Harry and he's di- upset with his brother and my wife, who was doing Knew her about absolute it. best, was getting all the heat for you'd something that had nothing too. to do with her. You'd and you know, it. you know that if it was happening, he would know about it. Yeah. So oh, apparently he might, everyone he would. might just, I mean, and you know, he's like the biggest defender of his mother. He hates the paparazzi. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, in trouble for saying admit, you wanted to protect Megan, which people are yeah. like, she doesn't need your protection. I'm like, actually, she does. You're all assholes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she's act, things are actually a legit threat to her. Crazy people are threatening her online, which that is another topic I don't want to cover because people are awful. Yeah. It's like, don't even give those people breath because no. they're racist they're monsters. The worst. And yeah, that's uh, earlier when I was saying, like, I think that maybe since we do really like her. Um, that we don't even understand the degree of the racial trolling happening that is unconscionable. I got I am so like not reading those things because it's disgusting, but maybe I'm not giving it the like, I don't know. I, I don't realize how pre- present it is. Well, unfortunately, I, because when I started Sussex Style Watch, a lot of the people that came over were from my blog. So most of them know better. They, I like to think, are very um, well-intentioned people. Yeah. So I don't get a lot of negative, nasty comments about anything, generally. But because my uh, Instagram handle for Sussex Style Watch is so similar to Sussex Royal, I've been getting a Which lot of followers. Which is great for you. It's so good. Because <laughs> you type in Sussex. Yeah, at least and for it pops me, up. Yeah, you pop up. I love that. So yay, thanks for following. Honestly, I bet Megan sees you. You know she's all over this shit. I hope. So you know she is. Just like I like to think Taylor Swift is aware oh, of you, my stuff. She has she definitely does. I feel like I I really if I because if I were them, I would love people like you that were sp- like just, you know, appreciating what she's doing and, and spreading it in a positive way. Right. Because I mean there are gossip sites for everything. So And she loves a dupe. You know, she didn't always have money. Nope. <laughs> I, I feel like she would appreciate what I'm doing. But um no, I got one comment either yesterday or today, and it was on the photo of uh, the queen meeting the baby with Doria and Prince oh, Philip. That and was Harry. important too. Beautiful photo. Oh my God. Mixed so family. Beautiful. It was so lovely. Cool. I, like it was amazing. And someone commented something. And this is the thing. If I see that shit, I'm deleting it because it doesn't add any kind of criticism that's constructive. It's no. hateful. It's racist. It's all the things that don't need to be things that anyone reads. Of course. And so someone said something along the lines of, Ooh, that Doria, she's always just trying to edge in where she doesn't belong. And it's like, 
uh, 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 who? Like, what? She could not be less involved. She, yeah, she doesn't deserve to be there. She is the grandmother of this baby. She deserves Ugh. to be there more than many members of the I royal mean, my family. rage knows no bounds for like, that comment. Like, that makes yeah. me so ragey. And so I, de- I, of course, deleted, and I don't know if I blocked the person because I was just, like, on the go doing it. But that shit don't stand no. <laughs> on my Instagram page. So if you're not like, I'm all about criticizing her outfits again, just like Elizabeth Holmes says, like it's okay to critique things like yeah, that it's part of her job. Right. But critiquing things about her family or, um, I don't know, just certain life things that seem unfounded. It's it, unfounded. Why would you say that? Does, there's no, it has nothing ar- to yeah. do with her. It has nothing to do with, um, Doria's life choices. It has nothing to do with baby Archie. Like it has nothing to do with the royal family. It's literally saying something because you're a hateful person and that's all that there is to it. Yep. So that is not allowed. I agree. In my, and that's, in, in my little internet world, I get rid of that shit. And you make the rules and that's to me, I don't, I think when you make the rules and it's your domain and it's not censorship, it's yeah. What's unfounded, unproductive and not promoting anything uh, thought provoking. Right. Leave me a devil's advocate comment. Love that stuff. But you're just like saying that to say it. Just to be mean. Yeah. It's literally just trolling. with you. 100%. Okay. So what we're going to do next is go into some of her fashion choices, which is Merit's wheelhouse, which is not really mine. But I guess what's good is that I have my, like as a uh, spectator, my like big takeaways of her fashion moments. Can we do it from like the royal wedding on? Or are we doing like all time? Royal wedding on. Okay. Because all I needed to cover with you was Scarfgate. Yeah. Like that was my one okay. issue. And then the other thing that I love that she carried through with a, with a, um, uh, Givenchy and an Aquazora suit was she oh, did a tux. Dublin. Uh, in, love it. Yes. yes. And, and she did that the first time before the wedding. Yes. With that McQueen. was at the Endeavor Funds and it was Altazara, I think. Was, I think, was that, I think that McQueen she was in like March and then Altazara was post wedding. No, no, no. Al- Altuzara was the one at the Endeavor Fund. Was it? Was that yes. in March? The black with the white bow neck blouse. Yes. That was the Endeavor Funds in March or February or whatever. And then the Givenchy, which she's been basically wearing since the wedding, was yeah. in August when they were in Dublin for the, that daytime outside thing. That was such a big story before the wedding because they were like, oh, she's so changing. unusual. They're like, like masculine. Breaking whatever. news pants. And yeah. Like, oh my God. She looked so sick. Like in the best I, way. That's uh, she looked. Amazing. I'm not a dress where I live for a power suit. I live for a pantsuit, a jumpsuit. Uh, that to, that was like, I think my big big Meghan Markle moment was her wearing a tux to a gala before she was married, and me being like, oh, we're in for we're it. We're doing thrilled. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So royal wedding starts. The first big outfit. Th- there's a couple. She goes to the garden party. She has another the ill-fitting mesh moment. Yep. Um, again, making which is still available right now at mattressfashion.com. Is it really? It is. Is that affordable? Colors. It's like six hundred dollars. It's not. I, I mean, mean comparably to yeah. other things, it's seen worse. Better. Yeah. The the first big big post wedding moment, as we all know, was uh, the trooping of the color off, off the, the shoulder. shoulder pink. She wore a lot of blush immediately following the wedding, and her look changed completely. Like, I I loved it. I heard that it was inappropriate. I don't know all the customs of what you should and shouldn't wear, but I thought it looked beautiful on her. It's like such a joke to say that's inappropriate. I mean, I I I like respect tradition and blah blah blah. Yeah, but also I'm it was like, just slightly off. The it, it was it, it was pretty boat necky. It was such a she looked 
in that carriage, I, I mean, I was like, this and is her iconic. hair was perfect. See, the hair, hair was perfect. Was perfect. Like, why couldn't that have been? Re- I just that uh, that moment to me was like such so mind blowing that I uh, yeah I was like, oh, and somebody the photo on the balcony. I was like, somebody was hopped to it. Yeah, and. When I was talking about this last year, people were saying like, maybe you really don't get the like state of the art styling until you're like in the family. Because she came out the gate flawless yeah. after the wedding when people were like, yikes. Um, so the the pink stripping of the color moment was huge. Then she, she still did get flack for it though. She still so got flack yeah, for it, but I mean, yeah, I guess in my, uh, my she looked way more polished following the wedding. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, and it was more like. Um, traditional like suits and yeah two pieces and stuff that like a normal woman in a normal job isn't wearing right um and then the notable thing after that was like her going riding the train alone with the queen and she got yep. black for not crossing her, her leg her hair was atrocious that day because it was the, so windy she needed was like mixed <laughs> she needed to just have it up i mean she looked beautiful but the hair yeah. was too windy it was that. flying queen was in sherbert people were mad she crossed her legs <laughs> get alive um, again, we're Americans, so we don't see protocol. If you're British and listening to this, I understand that if you're royal, you're supposed to cross your ankles. But if you've grown up your entire life crossing your legs, it's a habit. Give us a break. <laughs> Very, it's it's new. I, I, you know, I have trouble not being like relaxed. QE too. Um, okay, and then the note after that, the August. biggest thing was Dublin. Dublin was like one of my favorite set perfect. of outfits so she has ever done. I feel like every look she had that entire weekend or how, I don't know what days they were, but every look on that trip was a knockout. The I'd, green Givenchy set with the knit top and the fitted skirt. I mean, her body is rocking. She looked so good. And so yet good. it was still sophisticated. It wasn't like showing any, like she just looked immaculate. I loved. It was tailored. Yeah. Just, you, Tailoring is Fitted. showing Perfect. your figure in a tasteful way because it Ugh, fits you. So good. And then that First Givenchy trench. pantsuit. So lots of Givenchy on this trip. And then what that the the Amelia Wickstead one I'm talking about that I said earlier. I'm trying to find that one. Yeah. In Dublin. That was when they have the champagne. I've seen photos of them toasting the champagne. It's like a square neckline, thick straps, midi dress. Oh, her yes. hair was. It but was nominal. it was like old Hollywood side stuff. Yeah, Girls, yeah, 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 yeah. Her makeup was so on point. That she was so good. Drop dead gorgeous. That was and it that look to me was like the epitome of her style because she loves neutrals. She loves like a streamlined look, although she's not very she's not always great at putting them together. Sometimes she throws something extra in that is unnecessary, but this look was very modern but still timeless mm-hmm. and just clean and showed off her figure in a way that was classy. I hate that word so much, but classy. Um, and her beauty. I mean, everything about that. No, you're like, right. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that was almost a look that was, that was so on point and like youthful, but like Demure, regal. Yeah. That I honestly kind of thought it was before she got married. Like, cause it, 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 yeah, she's had some misses in this space, but like it kind of reminds me of um I I thought another really strong one around that time was at the Air Force anniversary in the Navy Dior T-length A-line oh, yes. perfect fascinator. That was a great boat, boat neck. neck. And foreshadowing iconic <laughs> Buckingham Palace yes. group photo she on the balcony. It. Like yeah, the, the I I call them the first 100 days. Like the first 100 days of Megan like right before the pregnancy announcement were Really Mostly flawless. Epic, yeah. 
so yeah, we had Dublin. The only issue I had with Dublin was the strapless bra and that green dress. She was oh, wearing, it was too tight. It was too tight and it didn't work. I mean, but, she, again, you know, human. looks adorable and everything. But one thing that I think we glossed over was the Brandon Maxwell yellow dress. Oh, the banana. Yes. Yes. That was so good. It that was, like was a sheath dress. It was such a good surprise because she's not, she doesn't wear color very often. No. And she looked amazing in that. And it was simple and it was appropriate for the occasion. I think sometimes she dresses up too much for certain things. Like more recently when she went to that animal shelter, she was wearing like five inch stilettos, a beautiful Stella McCartney bag, like a a sweater dress, which could be casual if you just crouching down to interact with pets. Yeah. It just, it was a little (laughs) overdressed for the occasion, but I feel like up until the pregnancy and all of that, she really nailed it. Mm-hmm. Most like that Brandon Maxwell dress was, oh. I feel like, perfect for the occasion. It was outside. It was still summer. It was oh, beautiful. And do you remember when Kate wore that color yellow to an event? And then there was like a crowd video where she was like, William said it looked like a banana. <laughs> <laughs> Made me laugh so hard. That's like a good husband and wife. Banter. Yeah, my husband makes love it. Anytime I wear a belt with no belt loops, my husband goes to town. Anytime I, I wear head to toe black most of the time. And he's like, are you a stagehand? Are you a mime? Are you Elizabeth Holmes? Are you Steve Jobs? Like relax, yeah. put on a color. And I'm like, and I, I appreciate it because theater crew, a, a healthy relationship, you do rib. But I loved her admitting that. It, um, that was very candid and realistic. And the relatable. other funny moment I loved before I forget about it, but we'll go back to fashion is when the very late in her pregnancy, um, they, they were at a function and they were looking at like a kid's science project. Kate? No, I'm Megan. sorry, Megan. Okay. And the guy said the F word and she laughed so hard. Did you, did you see that video? No, I didn't. I have to show you. It's so charming because, um, cause like what else can you do? What else can you do? Yeah. He's like talking to Megan and Harry and he's like, did yeah, he apologize? You know, the fucking X, Y, Z. And she goes, she was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you see her very naturally react. And I'm like, these are things I need Yeah, to, for her to be like, a normal person to me. And the fact that she laughed wasn't, it wasn't like, I'm going to judge you and see about this. It was kind of like, this is hilarious. This, is this kid great. doesn't get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I loved when that woman called her fat at the oh, animal and shelter. Like, I'll take it. Yeah. That was the, cute. Like again, what are the, how are these people? I mean, it's like so funny, but also they must've died afterward. They probably got in so much trouble. I mean, to be fair, I am the worst at meeting celebrities and I have word vomit. And I yeah. say the dumbest stuff. So if I, I mean, maybe that's what the older lady, the older woman was, didn't mean to say what she said. Oh, I'm, but like, I, I know she didn't mean it. But like, I, hilarious. I have felt so much shame following meeting celebrities that can, I, can I tell can me totally your worst relate. example. No, because I feel like it's sort of offensive to the celebrity. Or I'll tell you and you don't. Wait, what celebrity? Don't. Busy Phillips. What would be offensive? I had only seen her in like one thing, but I met her at the Vuv Clicquot polo match. I just met her and I said, I'm obsessed with you. I literally had watched her in one thing, was not (laughs) obsessed with her at all. And that just came flying out of my mouth. I had no control. I couldn't tell you things she's been in. (laughs) Right. That's why I was like, after the fact, I was like, I have no chill. Like, what? Wait, why would that be offensive? Well, no, just me saying now that, like, I wasn't obsessed with her, but that's what. No, no. I think you're a nice person and you want to flatter people, and I do the same thing. I just, and after the fact, and Amber, my friend Amber, reward style Amber, I don't know if you know who that is. She 
lives here in Dallas, but she has mm-hmm. a blog and runs Rewards Dell, the affiliate network that most bloggers use. Okay. Um, she was with me and was probably so <laughs> em- secondhand embarrassed, but also like this, this is my friend. <laughs> no that's like if some but think put yourself in that put yourself in that position um and somebody saying that to you would you ever walk away feeling anything but like amazing no but her facial expression was sort of like the way she reacted left me feeling a little embarrassed about guys she's just she's so like she's weird i i i think she's a nice girl i'm sure i'm whatever oh she's in cougar town that's the only thing i've seen her in um she got this huge following because she was like on Insta stories, like sweating and doing planks. Yeah. And then she got a show on E and her show just got canceled this Weren't week. Were you just saying that you didn't like it? I never watched it. I, but. it wasn't my favorite and it's not personal. It's, it, it's format related. It was very loose. She want more women in late night and I want to support them. But, uh, she was like, she said it was too important. She wasn't, she didn't have the gravitas to anchor a show and into transition naturally. And I think they were really relying on her famous Rolodex because she had the best guests. Because she is And that equals ratings. Cool friends, yeah. Yeah, so it's like one of those things where I used to work in TV ratings, and I understand that it's, it's oftentimes less about the talent and more about the pull and the consistency of the guests you're going to get, and you don't have to, like, start from the ground up. Um, but I think it's going to get probably get bought by Hulu or Netflix or at the least, like, I don't know, Crackle. Yeah. Or, like, one of those. Um, Crackle, is that a thing? Yeah, remember... Um, the, uh, what, what was it called? Um, oh, Jer- uh, Seinfeld, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Wasn't that hosted by Crackle? I didn't know It was know kind about of an that. ongoing joke. I mean, I know about Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, but I didn't know there was a network called, I don't watch TV except for like Netflix and Game of Thrones. So. Oh, you do watch Game of Thrones? <laughs> I do. I saw that you don't. Well, and it's like, not because I've tried. It's because I am holding out for major surgery. I like, I need one show I haven't seen that everybody loves. That or in like the event, I have really five days to kill. Or something. Yeah. yeah. And my husband and I are both like, we're going to save I think that's this smart. for a time. I think that's very smart. But also I do have trouble with fantasy. Um, and also like, I feel like I know what happens because I see all this stuff and I'm like, oh, you know, the Red Wedding and Winterfell. That was the most <laughs> aggressive. I literally wanted to stop watching the show after that because that episode, it, so... it ruined me. I was like. I'm not going to tell you what happens. I'm sure you already know, but that was such. Did Tyrion Lannister so die? Un- <laughs> I don't even know who it, that is. No, he's still alive. As far as, as that, as no, Kit Harrington is John. <laughs> Tyrion's the little man. My friend and I were talking about how funny a podcast would be of a person trying to explain a cult followed show. You could way do that, Game the, of Thrones the, like Potterless. The way that they hear about it from other people yeah. and try to explain it without watching it. And but that's like kind of an annoying thing like sitting on the couch and someone's like, what just happened? It's like, just watch the fucking show. Right. <laughs> like, no, you're so right. I'm not going to tell you everything that happens. You're sitting right here. <laughs> right. It's sort of like one of those things. It's like Taylor Swift people being like, all she does is write songs about men. I'm like, if you really knew a thing about her, you would know that it's not just about the men. Like, read a book. Yeah. <laughs> When really it's like, no, you have to dive pretty far into Tumblr to ever even know that. Right. But if you're a fan, you don't have patience. Um, no, I, I think too, like you're a person that's in the public eye. If you, if you have people come up to you, I think it's so interesting to have the experience of like, what makes you really take to someone or appreciate the interaction. And so often it's less about them like blowing general smoke. And I love when people say something specific I said or did that meant something to them. Because if they're like, you lift me up where we belong. Like, you, you know, I'm like, what? But like, the difference I'm not that great. between like Megan and Jane Lynch and Busy Phillips is I don't actually know them personally or feel like True. I know them personally because they don't, 
I feel like with influencers, for example, feel like, or people feel like influencers, like they're friends because yeah. we talk to well, the camera should, yeah. and it's super candid for some people, for me anyway. And so it's less like shocking when someone comes up and just starts talking to me versus True. like <gasps> too scared to meet me right. or whatever. Whereas with a celebrity that you have no rapport with whatsoever, you've never messaged with them. You don't know what their real personality is like. True. There's like a shock and awe factor to it where you're just like, what's going to happen? When I talk oh, to totally. Person? And I think you're always better off to your point about feeling, I, cause I've thought about this a lot. <laughs> the, to your point about feeling embarrassed about the obsessed comment, I, I've decided that you're better off not telling them how much you love them. They hear that all the, all time. the time and right. it's utterly meaningless because there, to me, objectively, there would be no lonelier feeling than feeling like everybody thinks they know you, but actually nobody does. Nothing. Yeah. What, yeah. A, what a misery. And you can never really but articulate giving that. giving like an actual specific anecdote Tactical, to something. tangible com- compliment, I think but is the I'm key. I'm so bad. Have it locked that. and loaded. I always said if I met Taylor Swift, I would ask about her mom because she had cancer and then she never followed up about it. And I was always like, is she is okay? She alive? Is she in remission? Yeah. Is she yeah. fine? And then she came out a few months ago in an article saying my mom still has cancer. And I'm like, oh my God, we've been worried for four years. And it's stuff like that that I'm like, if you're a real fan, real questions you would that think you about ask. and yeah. like have a human moment. That's right. just my tip to the audience if you ever meet a famous person. Totally. I hope I have chill enough chill next time I meet a celebrity to do that. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's very hard in the moment because really part is. of you just wants to act like they're not there. But like I sat next to Army Hammer on a plane and I was like, you're beautiful and perfect. And you were in the social network. And like, what do you think of the Winslow Winklevoss twins? Like I wanted to ask like all He's these questions. He's so handsome. Yeah, his wife made him move. What do you mean? Like they were separated in separate places. And I overheard her ask somebody else, somebody move. else next to her. She's like, I need to sit next to my husband. And I like, before I even said anything to him, she was like, hey, like snap. And he came. <laughs> Not that I'm a threat, but like, I think she really just. I'm sure that's like a weird feeling when like your spouse is mega famous. Yeah. You kind of want like a a buffer. But what's also funny about famous people is I didn't know who Elizabeth Chambers was, but now I know she's a friend of Meghan Markle. Well, she was at the wedding. I'm pretty sure Army and Elizabeth and um, best friend with Priyanka Chopra kind of in that group. The foster sisters, Whitney, the founder of Bumble, like it's this kind of like friend crew. And um, I didn't know she was at the time, but I saw her at O'Hare and you can tell when somebody is, Famous or famous adjacent because they do not look like everybody else to the nth degree. Not it's, just it's, that it's, they're it's, pretty. It's no, like it's, an no, aura. It's not pretty. It's, it's, like it's an glaring. Aura. It's an aura and it's like extra hair, extra makeup, really nice luggage. They just like, there's something that happens when you like that. Even if you're trying to blend in, you can put on all the hats and sunglasses you want. You look different than you everybody can't escape else. It. Yeah. And I was like, who is that? And I thought about it for like several minutes and then I saw Army Hammer. Anyways, I'll heir to the Arm and Hammer throne if anybody was wondering where his name comes from. <laughs> and you know, uh, Elizabeth Chambers opened Bird Bakery, which started in San Antonio, but they have one in Highland Park Village. And I've seen him there and I haven't seen her there, but she really? started that. Yeah, it's actually really good if you have time while you're here. That's how he got his arrest in Texas is because they drove from California to Texas. And I didn't know why. He said for his wife's business, now that makes sense. Um, they had weed in the car, which is very like normal, normal. and legal in yeah. most places yeah. and not in a like critical amount by any means, but they got pulled over and they found it in the car and he got a mug shot, like pretty, like in recent years, which like sucks for him. But yeah, they were on their way there. That's interesting. The more, you know, 
Um, okay, the other thing that happened that summer that I was obsessed with was the tuxedo dress at Hamilton. But I am also the biggest Hamilton uh, fan in the history of the I world. I feel like a lot of people didn't like that outfit. I loved it, but also sitting between Meghan Markle and Lin-Manuel Miranda is literally what I hope heaven is. Like, I would, that and situation. You, she'd seen it before. She knew all the she songs. She knew all the songs. That was like, so cute. That was a relatable moment yeah. for me. I was like, oh, is she Angelica Peggy? Or like, and in, in when she sings Satisfied, like, I don't know. Everybody has a different part. I was so excited about it. Um, and I, lo- I, th- I love that look, but the tuxedo dress has been done before. Um, but the slideshow moment, I mean, Megan has worn a double-breasted dress more times than I can You're count on my right. two hands. And right. I'm, she's worn a trench I'm kind of sick of it. She trench wore dress, one this week, dress. actually. Which one? Oh, the, the photo call yesterday. I forgot to ask you about that. That was a question the fans had for she, you. I mean, she looked beautiful. What was the question? Would you have chosen that for your baby reveal? I thought that it was nice that she showed that she still had a stomach. She wore the the thing, the belt belted right above her belly. So it wasn't like she was trying to hide anything. It was very much like a, this is what I look like two days after giving birth. Commentators said that was deliberate. Yes, I think that's I, That is not great. a situation I would wear a belt in. I don't normally because of my stomach. But if you want to accentuate something, you belt it. Totally. I think, while deliberate, I think it's a good thing to show that it not most people don't look immaculate or whatever after any birth. Like, right? I mean, to our point earlier, it almost was in her favor to not be perfect, right? And Kate showed it in that blue polka dot dress with George. She very much had her postpartum tummy, yeah, and people loved it, yeah. And the other two, she really downplayed it, which is interesting. And then with uh, Louis, she was like literally two hours out of labor. I mean, that was like so strange. And that, that, that to me is mysterious circumstances. It's just, it's just a lot. Mysterious um, circumstances. They but were... I have heard, and y'all, I'm, again, I do not have kids. I've never had a baby. I don't know what is normal and what is not in terms of like colors. But I had a lot of people messaging like, I can't believe she wore white. And like, She's probably wearing a diaper or like all this stuff that I would never have even known oh, was a thing. That was the first thing I thought of. And I don't have kids either, but I do know you're wearing a mesh diaper. You're wearing a pad. You're, ble- you're bleeding. You're, you're just bleeding. Yeah. And that's so wearing white was like a big surprise. Right. But, like, but for three favorite. minutes. No. Yeah. And also she's worn white to every major thing. Her engage, obviously, obviously her wedding, but her engagement, the announcement of the baby. Yes, yes, in mm-hmm. Australia. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I have like a brain fart. No, you're right. Um, she loves white for the big momentous white. occasions. That and gown I'm, in again, the Southeast Asia tour with the... the, the she the might have been wearing 12 diapers. Like you just, you can't, it wasn't fitted down there. So like she could have, she probably figured it out. She has the resources to figure out how to keep things covered and... And change right before, go out and for right minutes after. and change right yeah. after. Like, yeah. And she was making a statement with the designer she chose. I should know more about it. I don't. It's written somewhere. I know they're half Jamaican. I know they're up and coming, which support fully. And I know it's a woman. Who mostly designs men's clothes. Yes. Yes. So (laughs) we're uh, like, we don't really know who it was, but like we know everything. (laughs) Here are the things. Um, But yeah, I, uh, I thought, I mean, I it, was it was very, like, it was very slideshowy, as Elizabeth Holmes would yes, say. It, it was fine. Um, it was very she's much obviously her look. comfortable in that mm-hmm. that kind of look. So whatever she thought was great, then great. Yeah. The yeah, and the only thing I thought was interesting was people pointing out, uh, Elizabeth included, that um, it was weird for her to wear white and the baby to wear white, and 
because you just because always contrast. To, yeah, he would have to. Uh, but she must have had that pre-planned. Um, okay, so then we we move on past to Dublin. Past Dublin, we have a few moments here and there but in the like Royal September. Really the... But the 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 big big one is they announce the pregnancy prematurely. Some would argue. Oh, for sure. But I mean, there were outfits she wouldn't have had to wear those outfits though. So uh, this is sort of my take on it. She definitely didn't have to announce it yeah. because she could have worn, there were a number of outfits that she wore that you would never have known that she had a bump. No. Never have known. Honestly, that none for, of them. <laughs> well, I mean, the, there was one Navy dress that she wore. You could clearly tell. The r- ruffles. Yeah. The one where before she announced it, you were like, is she pregnant? No, 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 no. That was, um, that was before this. Yes, yeah, it was, I want to say their second day in Australia. It was, the day or two after the white dress, she had a Gucci bag. She, it was the day she started, or it was uh, she wore that trench coat again. Mm-hmm. And then later she changed into the Black Club Monaco dress mm-hmm. and went on the beach with those ugly flats. I hate those yeah. so much. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're so horrendous. Duchesses on the beach are a problem. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do think... Kate the, wears wedges. <laughs> right. The Martin Grant dress, I know you don't like those stripes, but the dress that she wore on Bondi Beach, I liked the espadrilles. I bought them myself. The um, one with the slit where everyone's like scandal and it was no, like, no, no, that up. was reformation. Martin Grant was the olive stripe. Oh, yes, with yes, with the black, like dark with like yellow almost stripes. Uh, it was very fall colors, which I guess would have been a good vibe because it was fall, but it was. I didn't summer. hate, I did not hate that. That was the tip of the stripes iceberg. I think if I had known what was coming, I would have hated it in real time. I was like, cute, different, yeah. beachy. It made sense for it that. It made sense. The espadrilles did not make sense if they were going to be, wa- like, she had to physically take them off. Right. Because she couldn't walk the sand. So that didn't really make sense. But um, the navy dress is really the only thing, well, the navy dress and the Jason Wu green dress later on were really the only things that I would have really noticed that she had a bump. Um, but, like, she she was trying real hard with that hand to show off. And I'm again, I'm not here to judge. <laughs> no, trust I'm me. not here to judge moms. Do what you want. Put your hand wherever you want. I think it's beautiful. I love babies. I love it. But I do think, especially on that trip, it was def it felt a little premature to be doing it as much as she was. I think as the bump got really big, it makes sense because it's sort of a comfort. It's like a com- yeah. I, I've heard anyway that it's like a it gives you a sense of comfort. Comfort um, and safeguarding pride. Moving. There's yeah. so many reasons so many you would reasons, cradle your bump. But because it was so early and the bump was barely visible, it just, it seemed from an outside perspective just to be a little too, um, stagey. Yeah. Too slideshow moment. Yeah. Um, no. And I've, and I've said this on my podcast throughout that tour and stuff. And I'm like, I know I'll get flack because I don't have kids and therefore I shouldn't have an opinion. Right. But what I think is being <laughs> discounted in that logic is that people still have an opinion yeah. and they're going to. And I'm just telling you on the other side what it looks what like. What it looks like when you don't. And it doesn't mean yeah. it's right or wrong. It just, my entire point was, um, I am sure that a lot of it's natural, but when you, again, nobody watches video footage. You and I watch video footage. And then you see the progression of the hands and you realize it's not natural. No. And it's posy and it's fine. But when you look back at those photos at the slideshows, like when people do Kate Middleton's big fashion moments, they're not caveating the year or that she's pregnant. The only way to signify that you're pregnant for these photos immortalized in time is to put your hands on your belly. 
And if they are slightly ill-fitting or she doesn't feel like she looks the way she wants or, you know, she feels like it's not as flattering by putting her hands there at A, signifies the life stage and the pregnancy and B, kind of caveats that she's dressing for the bump. Also, separate thing, but also the same thing. Before she was even pregnant, years before, I mean, all engagements, she holds her hands like this to show space. I do this too with blog stuff. So just saying that out loud, you like you hold your hands kind of um, relax. It's really hard to describe, <laughs> but yeah, they're sort of okay. Bent, think about being a bridesmaid, right? Yeah, you're like holding, you're a bouquet, holding a bouquet, an automatic um, skinny arm, right? Skinny arm, but also it shows space in your waist. She has a tiny waist, and she did that before she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And so it's just sort of a natural a, yeah, inclination a to move your hand there. I guess I mean natural might not be the right word, but because her hands are already positioned there because she's trying to look skinny in photos, probably. I mean, it, it, it looks more natural that she's holding the belly than if she's just holding her hands there. Great point. I always struggle with what to do with my hands. I mean, like, yeah, that's a hard thing. But if you see her in videos prior to being pregnant, pregnant, she does that. She holds her You're hands so there. so right. Like in the, in the yellow dress, for example, all of the photos of her with, well, Prince Harry is talking, she's sort of behind him. Her hands are sitting here. She has no bag. She's she's like kind of softly clasping her hands. She's almost making like a diamond with her hands. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's all for photos. That's so interesting. And I can't wait to look for those visual aids because I think that helps with the bump th- argument a lot. And that like, yeah, she's maternal and loving, obviously. But if any of you think that you wouldn't be vain in her situation <laughs> to want to look good in photos yourself. yeah and it's not about weight it's about angle yeah and like a- and anybody at any weight can look whether you're like really like leaning back on your chin it's like wedding photographers say yeah i do that too they're like put your tongue on the roof of your mouth great example crane your neck yeah earlier this week i went to a really fun party where we Started at the Lila Rose store and then walked oh, down the street. Fun. It I was super fun. I vicariously watched it. We walked down the street to a, like basically a, a friend's house and had a dinner party. And there was a photographer like watching us as we walked down and took photos of us. And I suck at candid photos. I'm pretty good at like when I'm yeah, in control of the situation, I feel like I'm pretty photogenic. But candid photos when I'm talking or like when I'm not paying attention are horrendous. And <laughs> I saw a few of these. I look like I'm 300 pounds, and I definitely don't feel Can like I, put I look that, that in the visual aid. Oh, please <laughs> not! No, it's like literally they're they may be the worst photos I've taken in a really long time. But angles, totally understand. If you know you're gonna have your photo taken like that, you want to put your best foot forward. <laughs> My God, yeah, what? that's relatable to me actually. <laughs> like literally, as a blogger, people that naysay about appearance. I get we're all, we're in a woke society and all of that. Like I, I try to be so careful to not offend or promote bad messaging. The nature of celebrity is that if you didn't care about your appearance, you wouldn't have a PR person, a stylist and a glam team. Right. Appearance is important. It's whatever. I know I care about mine. If you don't care about yours, God bless you. You must be naturally beautiful. Good for you. <laughs> but I am vain. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's so interesting. And I, I, that trip was tough. It was long. She was tired. There were very, there were several moments that were weird. Like when she was wearing that printed dress 
um, I was on one of the islands. She goes into that really crowded market oh, and she and only stayed for four minutes. Yeah. I, there was a security, a security issue. issue. And it's yeah. like, I think she was like maybe tired or sick. Maybe. Um, or like morning sick. Bless her heart. Can't imagine. The video footage first... from that was strange. It because was very she strange. I never saw her say anything to anybody. No. It just looked like the security team was like, let's get her out of here. Yeah. They, so there, was, there was like a tip. Yeah. From uh, somebody. Like, on the outside. I need more information. <laughs> I agree. That's the insider info I want. Uh, yeah. So I think the big, I mean, for me, the big, big moment from that, I mean, the, okay, the first stripes were fine. The beach stripes with the slit were fine. The two gown moments. Were the gown moments. Yeah. One being the, um, the blue cape. Sophia. Sophia. And one being the Oscar, Oscar de la Renta birds. Yes, oh my Eagle. God. Oh, those um, were epic, and those are what they're I They're perfect. Here. And yeah. honestly, all I really need from a royal is a great evening wear moment. Uh, I, she like, has really let win. me down since in that department. Yes. But those two, those two dresses will go down in my history. Oh, same. But <laughs> she also had the two, white gown in that. I, that but, but it didn't that wasn't, work for that me. Didn't do, uh, it that just very didn't do Zenon it for me. It the 21st century. It was almost like a neoprene looking sleeve that wasn't my it was like it kind of looked alien but a girl loves a cape i love a cape so that blue gown and it was beautiful that color was striking on her and then the oscar de la renta piece was just outstanding i mean i've never seen an illusion ODLR can do no wrong in my book i love everything but that, that the illusion neckline with her skin tone and like it it just looked like birds there We're wasn't a collecting single on her body. And na- it was so seamless. There wasn't a single like unflattering photo. She looked great at every angle. She, I mean, she was glowing. I know. And, it's, and like, when you think about it statistically, it may, you can't win them all. There's a lot of hot weather and humidity, a lot of cultural things, a lot of designers she needed to support that were local, whatever. Like I don't need it to be clean all the time. Um, but I, I was so happy for her with the blue Fiji whatever color that it felt Fiji blue. Fiji, I don't know if Fiji that's blue what they said thing. was it was Fiji. I, and blue, then not, of course in my head, I'm like Fiji water. Yeah. Like, I know nothing. <laughs> um, but, and then the birds, I was like, thank you. Like, I'm so happy. She got her big photo op yeah. on this trip because we can now just focus on that and not on all of what's her, what's the name of the God awful buttoned one with the no, the lack of collar. It was a stripes designer. It was the third oh, Martin one. Grant. And it was olive stripes with white. And it didn't have a collar, and it was buttoned. And I went thought up. it did have a collar. No. The shirt dress that like was fitted Ugh. and then flowed. Hands down, worst outfit of all time. I disagree, but it wasn't my favorite. But it wasn't the worst. What do you think the worst is? I didn't make a list of those. Um, oh, the Safia one she wore more recently. The the halter, <gasps> the black and white. That was my least two, favorite. It was like a two piece. Or it, was, it was an illusion two piece. It was an old-timey halter, like a like a 1940s 90s. bathing suit. No, I felt like I was taken back to those days where Agachi 2 was where I found my... my did y'all right. have that? Agachi 2? No, but I know the name. We had that in Austin. Rep, represent. Like you know what I'm talking two, about? kind of? Yeah. No, but it was like... It was a step up from Limited 2. Agachi 2 had like some evening wear. And I think I wore it to somebody's like bar cachet? mitzvah. Like it was... <laughs> like the skirt I got was like a shimmery gown skirt i don't know what i wore it with but it was tacky af yeah and it's just the kind of thing i would have found there like the it's, it's, it's like a halter chunky top. halter very jessica mcclintock early prom uh, black uh, and white sequins yeah. no no, no she dice. also had like 
just that bad fluidy black material skirt. It was ill-fitted. Yeah. She was wearing body glitter. Like there were so she many. She was wearing body glitter. There were so many bad things that? about that evening that I was just like, fail. Hard pass on that entire look. That, that, since she's become a royal, that was my very least favorite thing she's worn. And isn't it so weird how everything is so subjective to taste where she would have looked at herself in her fittings and been like, this is the one. Beautiful. It makes yeah. me wonder, yeah, how often it's the backup and there's Or like, how often it's her and not a stylist. Yeah. That's why I need more information. Like who's helping right. her source these outfits? Cause you know, she's not just like sitting there shopping on her phone. No. She's got to have somebody who's like, working with the people at the labels, at the designer houses, uh, fashion houses, and getting things sent. She probably tries them on or sees um, either sketches that they are yeah. doing custom. Some of the stuff is custom, though. So it's, like, it's like runway modified. Right. Like they'll, yeah. It's, yeah. it's modified so, couture, usually to be more like modest or whatever. But that, that one was... That one was real bad. But did you see the original dress of that one? The, the, the like actual dress that designer makes, doesn't look like that and, and she quite beautiful it and she changed that. it which was also weird yeah i don't know um they can't all be wins, i guess the other notable moment honestly so i think the first hundred days we talked about were like the big moments the fiji tour outside of the cape gown which i think she took a note from wearing the navy stella cape to that other theater function that before she, she got married that she just that. was flawless yeah. her carrying a tux it was such a moment gold clutch gold clutch and um the uh, the other funny moment about that tour that, again, Elizabeth Holmes pointed out was um, how forced the moment of her wearing Harry's jacket was um, when he the was like, appearing to be mad because the Daily Mail was there. But like people thought that that was like a contrived candid. Was that when they were wanted, walking through the forest? Yeah. Like the very last photo? Apparently op? the press wasn't supposed to be there, but like people were saying like, yes, they were. And also like it, it, it wasn't cold. Uh, the whole thing was interesting. I thought it was like a funny insider tip. And then she tip. like held her bump too. And she held her bump in you the puffer jacket. see it. I mean, it just didn't make any sense. She looked cute in it. I mean, I'm well, not. Of course. It just yeah. didn't. It didn't make a lick of sense. She can't not look cute. No. And then the other thing after that that happened that I was just like, oh my God, you know, you're a star. Shine bright, shine far. I was like, I, the, the reception to her when she stepped out at the CFDA awards and oh, gave and Claire Givenchy. White Keller the award in the Givenchy off the shoulder with a slick, low bun, dark clean nails. as a whistle, dark nails, no hair loose, super pregnant, bump clutching, articulate, said, I read an article where it, it used to be cruel to be kind, but now in fashion, it's cool to be kind. It, she was, it was quippy. It was articulate. It was clean. I was just like, this woman is a star. Yeah. And the people in this room that would have never looked her direction are now losing Fawning their effing over her. minds because yeah. she was the surprise speaker. And that, to me, was like such a moment of... Uh, it's like when Cardi B was on Love and Hip Hop and like she was a joke. <laughs> now she's and like now she's one getting of the most successful the highest couture at the Met Gala. Yeah. And it's like, that's why you can never... like No matter what phase of life you're in... Can always look up from here. And I also like... To be her and to think about all the roles I didn't get and people that wouldn't talk to me, and, to, you know, she was never in vogue, but to now have Anna Wintour, Anna Wintour would pay any amount of money to get her at the Met Gala. I, I am so obsessed with the notion of her being so overlooked. Right. And she just merely marrying somebody and everybody. She was probably better dealed her entire career. 
Like even yeah. there, was, there was one, I want to bring this up because I had somebody, when I started this Sussex Style Watch page, send me, you know, I really like her, but they showed me this or sent me a thing to an interview she was doing. This was when she was promoting suits or something. It was back in the day, like several years ago, long before she met Harry. And a man was interviewing her and he was not paying attention to her. He was looking around the room, mm -hmm. like sure. he'd ask her a question, but then like she'd have to kind of call his attention right. back. And she was like, I'm sorry, is there someone more important that you're looking to talk to? Good like she her. called him out and the girl was like, I really didn't like that. And I was like, I would have done the exact that. same thing because that is so rude. Like, I love that. That she called the person out. Like she's not afraid to be herself. She knows her worth. Like I appreciate that. I don't think that that is a bad thing for a woman to speak her mind if she's not given the time of day. Like do you. 100%. There was a bartender <laughs> at O'Hare last night and a guy told her to calm down and she's <gasps> like, and, and she just lost her shit. And afterwards I was like, you know what? Good for you. If anything, it's better for you to be behind the counter and to be like in a separation Power position. You can, you can tell him that like read the news. Like, like even if you are a problematic man, just like maybe try to not talk like that. Right. It's not going to be well received. It's like, good for you. I, I stand up for agree. yourself. I respect that so much in a person. Um, so I think that speech was huge for me. And then after that, I don't have anything that like blew my mind. I, um, I will say one outfit that I really liked in her maternity style was the all cream outfit she wore to the natural the, history yes, museum event. with the French twist. Yes. I thought her hair looked beautiful. She was glowing. She was wearing a fitted dress, but it wasn't inappropriate because she had a coat over it. Like, oh, it, it was almost like a mock turtle. It was sort of a, a it was a Calvin turtle? Klein. It was, I think it was a sweater turtleneck dress, but I just thought it was so beautiful on her. Um, yeah, she looked stunning. I, I felt like it was appropriate for a nighttime event. It wasn't too dressy. It wasn't too casual. I yeah. It was just right. And that <laughs> was, so one thing that I was going to ask you to verify is that I think I read that she actually did not wear any maternity wear with the exception of hatch. Coats. Yeah. Hatch or the hatch black dress she wore. Um, she did wear maternity jeans. But other than that, and that's that's where my, I actually have notes on this, but that's where the fit comes into play. Mm -hmm. It's like she wore a lot of outfits that she either could have had tailored mm. or, I mean, honestly, made custom mm -hmm. because the pieces that she wore weren't cheap. So it's like she might as well get them to just make her one that fits her body. They could have done it the right. week before, but like that Oscar de la Renta dress, the floral one that she wore later in her pregnancy, beautiful dress, but it was like resting really high up like it just didn't fit properly and that happened a lot like she wore a lot of dresses that were not meant to be maternity and just didn't fit properly like the Brock collection dress but she she looked beautiful in it but again it just looked too tight in that area and if she'd either sized up and had it tailored or I mean Brock would have they would people would, people make would do anything absolutely anything for free probably like they yeah. would do it and they would do it, and she has obviously the resources, and she yeah. doesn't. So I that's, think that's where what frustrates I'm, that's people. Where, yeah, I mean, it frustrates me because the looks are good, but they could be great if they just fit her better. So yes, and I think what's interesting is in her since she's been royal officially, I I really did like her pre wedding style, and I liked her immediate post wedding style. Knowing that she has a tailoring issue, I. I part of me is like I maybe the pregnancy is just really highlighting this like tailoring problem thing. yeah and 
now she'll get back to hit her stride more so wearing things off the rack because there's got to be some element here where she's not doing the fittings, doesn't want to deal with the tailoring or doesn't really notice her care. And maybe some people are funny about their bodies and want looser stuff. Some people like I wear all black. But it's not even about it being loose. Yeah. But like I can, I can get like how you like something because of some thing Mm. with your own look and body that people don't get. Right. Like I, I hate my hips. Like I try and find things like nobody would be flattering uh, to another part of my out, like my body, but it flatters that area. And Mm -hmm. that's what I'm focusing on. So maybe there's something that she's insecure about. I would find, I mean, not that it would be hard to believe that anyone would have anything to be insecure about, but she's stunning and has like a perfect figure in my opinion. So it's hard to believe, but we all have insecurities. Well, and again, before she got married, couldn't get roles. Yeah. Nobody cared. Right. There was, everybody was more beautiful than her, allegedly in her eyes. If you're getting, you know what I mean? Like if you're Hollywood's looking at that, a terrible place. Right. And I'm sure Vanity, she felt yeah. pretty inadequate. And that's what's probably a very weird adjustment, right? Yeah. It's like, because she is like so, so stunning. And I, I can't, I don't know. I, I just think about how. Like I, like I hate wearing color because I think sometimes blondes and like pinks and stuff look a little bit Barbie cheese ball, real housewives of Orange County. Right. You agree. You're very blonde. I hate pink. Uh, Same. (laughs) I feel such like such a cheese ball, but anytime I wear something pink or adjacent, people like compliment, compliment me way more than ever. Is it because because I always wear black? Yeah. And is it because it's different? Maybe. But also I don't see what other people see. And I just have this like complex and. That's sometimes what I wonder, but sometimes it's inexcusable. It's, there was one like red dress when she was walking off a plane that hit her in that cut where every... Main, uh, no, self-portrait. Yes. Every bridesmaid's dress ever cuts in this place. It's between your ribs and your hips. And it's and not it's flattering. God awful. Yeah. And her being a little pregnant, I was just like... And she's a the short tag torso. Was, on. was that, that the tag? Yeah, self-portrait. My mom actually ordered it and... Um, it ended up coming in self-portrait is notorious. For I love when your mom small. ordered that. Um, she's ordered. Did you get the affiliate? She's ordered piece? a few things. Like I think she pre-ordered <laughs> the Brandon Maxwell pleated dress she wore on the Royal tour. Um, mostly because she's supporting me, but I do think God bless her. Megan's outfit. Um, the tag although was, I, I think uh, that my mom may be more of a Kate fan, but I dig. Kate's like my original. And I just think like, I, I'm so amazed by like her poise and like, I have more um, history with her than I do with Megan. Right. And I think some of, and I think Kate's outfits, I might not always like them, but they always fit. They do always, always fit. they go with the rules. She never steps outside the box. Nope. And some it's people could say that's boring, but I see it as being like really aligned on, with what she needs to on be. On point with what she's doing. Um, the other thing I really didn't like that I forgot to say is she wore all of it, Louis' baptism, and everybody else was in blues and pinks and pastels and the family portraits. And it just she, looked. She's in a. Like, t- like, yeah, the olive you, tone didn't you have work. have to know that they, like... Coordinate. Don't, do they, They have to. They have to. I mean, you'd think with, a, like, a huge moment, photo moment like that, you'd at least ask or... I agree. <laughs> or your royal minder would get the intel for you. Yeah, and we also don't know... So that stylist quit or left or got fired or whatever after that Australia tour. I would... Honestly, I would fire my stylist if I stepped out with a tag. I mean, that's unforgivable. That's insane. But that dress was also one of the worst fitting things she's ever worn, which it tells wasn't. me it maybe was a backup. I, like I said, my mom ordered it. She tried it on. Didn't fit her. I tried it on. Didn't fit me. Completely different body types. It's just an ill-fitting dress. So I, I would imagine it's have, not her first choice. Yeah. Is there anything else we missed? I don't think so. That was so awesome. This is going to be two episodes. Actually, I think this is so awesomely comprehensive. 
the stuff about the royal family is like either too um, journalistic <laughs> or right. Like sometimes they're too detailed where you can't find the actual story part of it, and it's just like too many details. Yeah, you want kind of a storytelling aspect. Yeah, and then sometimes it's just bullshit and all gossip, and it's like what's real about it? Yeah, like I need an actual source or I need a fact, but there's no good mix. Exactly, and this is why I was saying like I was. I've been, people have been asking for this episode for so long. And I like, A, wanted, I like, I really wanted to wait till I found a person that was like a fan, but a, also a critic and like well read. Can see, can see both sides. Yeah. Cause I didn't want somebody who's, that was going to be like, <laughs> I, there's just, there's easy narratives to play into that you hear other people say, or you read enough to make your own opinion. Right. And I like people that read enough to make their own opinion. I know you do that. And I, we didn't agree with everything on this podcast, no. which is good. And I, I, like this was a so fun for me personally. I hope for I you guys listening, it. it's like the musings about her. It, it's like her in theory, like kind of like when you're studying a subject, you have like theory and then you have like the practical execution. I think Megan theory is so interesting. And then I think the actual execution of her like fashion and stuff is it's kind of a separate thing. Fascinating. Yeah. The entire thing is fascinating. It's still sort of unbelievable to me that they even allowed an American into the royal family. I mean, I mean, we never thought that would happen. No, I mean, again, I wrote this down somewhere. What did I say? It was, she's quite literally living the dream. Like, right. all of us have this dream of getting swept away by Prince Charming. And she, that happened. Right. Like, she makes that tangible. And like, totally. Not relatable, but like, it's, it's real. It happened. It's real. Combined with, that's like the childhood dream that we all have like our inner little girl that's like, oh my God, like, you know, bought magazine covers like Prince Harry. But then it's like almost the fascination is um, it, it's exaggerated by my being an adult and realizing the misery of being professionally observed. Like that, that to me is a terrible existence too. So I think that's my fascination is like, theoretically, it's what you want. But in practice, it might actually be quite terrible. Oh, depending yeah, on was... but the fact is and why i we talked about like her her being an actress works in her favor if she was already like trained and groomed for a profession of being looked at and i think for a looked Kate at or somebody speaking. like me i would be like I, the attention would absolutely drive me insane the lack of anonymity whatever but she always wanted to be famous so yeah. that's so good yeah but yeah she's I, getting it, to work that part out yeah exactly i i just I, there's like limitless things I could talk about with this subject, but I think the bottom line is, you know, especially as this, the like affair <laughs> things roll out and as like she has a kid and she does more engagements, you don't have to like pick a side or love or hate no. or whatever. It's just like team both. <laughs> give people the benefit of the doubt. If she's wearing something ugly, it's probably because she's supporting the designer or it's a second choice or whatever. But it's, it's such fascinating commentary. It's high end entertainment. It's something I feel blessed to have for my entire lifetime because their children are young and we're just going to have yeah, like I years and years. I can't wait to see when they're teenagers. I mean, that makes me feel like I'm going to be really old soon, but <laughs> it's going to be really fun to see that evolve and their I mean, roles like, change Louis when and George being... Charles becomes king. <laughs> like he's, he wants it. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He's like, aren't you like, you're so old, mom. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's, well, what you do ready. I think he's very ready. And it is wild. The longevity that Prince Philip is literally a corpse. I mean, like I, I'm not a Prince Philip fan given his indiscretions. Past. 
and I just don't feel like anybody was really that. I mean, he doesn't seem that close to any of his family members or warm. Plus, after a little car accident, little uh, yeah, he was accident. like, "Sorry." He like didn't apologize. Yeah. Until five days later, or something. Ridiculous. I know that was very strange, and he should not be driving. And then he drove again. And then he like drove a week again. later. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't I'm know. on board. I so agree. Well, so what I think we should do is, in a year. God willing, this podcast survives. Oh, it totally will. Let's do year two of Megan. I would love or that. Or it'll be a tradition. Or if she has another baby, you're my new correspondent. Yay! You know more than I do. This was so, it was so interesting because I feel like you had hot takes on things that I hadn't really thought about. But anyways, Merit, where can people find you? You can find Sussex Style Watch at sussexstylewatch.com and on Instagram as Sussex Style Watch. And then my personal Instagram is at Merit Beck, which is M-E-R-R-I-T-T-B-E-C-K. I am so glad you've kind of moved into a space where you can be somewhat of an authority on her because I think it kind of opens you up to like a different realm of both exploring her fashion, but also getting to report in an angle where you might get to say things that other people aren't, like you said earlier about, you know, it's not just about chasing the affiliate fees. It's also about reporting on a, deny it or not, an important pop cultural contribution that she has. And she's making. And she's yeah. making. She's, as I always like to say, she is Megan Hermarkle. <laughs> <laughs> you and your puns, man. This was so much fun. I'm so glad you came to Dallas. Hopefully you're free tonight. We can go to dinner. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much for having me on. This was so amazing. I loved it. Oh my God. Likewise. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. I'm sad to conclude part two. I mean, truly, all I want in life is friends that like share common interests with me that we can, like we could have kept going for hours. It was so much fun. And um, I thought that was a deeper dive than I've heard on other podcasts. And I hope you enjoyed it. And again, go to at Sussex Style Watch and at Merit Beck, two R's, two T's. And you will see her kind of visual aid that will help you with the podcast of the outfits if you're having trouble following them. The other thing that I don't know if I mentioned last time or not is we did find out she doesn't use a stylist, which is so confusing and maybe not true. But they said that on Gail King's royal special that seemed like custom ordered by <laughs> Meghan and Harry. It was so like, again, I, I really like her. I have all the favorable things to say about her, but this new news report was so favorable. It was her makeup artist, one chosen friend, just talking about how amazing she is. That she doesn't have a stylist. That she's just a regular girl and the invasion of privacy and the harmful nature of the press. And I mean, all stuff I, agree with but also it was like nothing that new or value added for like gail king to fly to london and do this special because like there was no new information it was just like largely in defense of her but hey i can't say i wouldn't order the same um and also like i hope we clarified this but the person we keep talking about elizabeth holmes at e holmes h-o-l-m-e-s is not from the scandal of the book bad blood or that podcast the uh <laughs> what's the podcast called Oh, the dropout. I can never remember if it's Theranos or Theranos, but yeah, it's not the same one. She's a journalist that I think is somewhat of a is specialized or is a royal expert or I don't know, maybe just has reported on them a lot over the years. She's a great Instagram follow. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is added some more stuff to Be There in Five's Etsy shop, which I kind of use as a way to quickly put up products that are relevant to pop culture that aren't infringing on anybody's copyright, but kind of celebrate the media we love to consume. Okay, I, have, I have like a card and a print that's about Southern Charm, Let Craig Sew 2020, 
Uh, I have some American Girl Get Well Soon cards. And I think I, oh, I have a new mat that says goodbye, Kyle, after, you know, Ken Todd, obviously. Wasn't expecting that one to sell so well. It's so funny because I like, I don't know, I'll like think I'm above doing some pop cultural things that just feel like like such, such easy jokes. But but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's a little funny. Like, I would love to buy that for my Bravo-loving friend. So just something to think about. Be there in five.etsy.com. And then patreon.com slash be there in five. It helps a ton if it's a dollar a month for a listener. You can pick $2.95 a month, which is a fan, $5 if it's a super fan, truly living off this. It's so, so helpful if you can contribute. I talk about this more on Patreon. I've I've been fairly transparent with you guys because I am trying to uh, support a podcast privately and not through a network that like even this week, we couldn't get a contract done in time. And I feel like it's more important for me to be getting them out to you in a timely manner than for me to be waiting to monetize it. And like ones like this will do really well because it's about a topic people care about. But again, I am trying to just figure out the best way to do this to align with listener expectations, but also monetize it from a business standpoint. And really the only existing way I have to monetize it and aid in consistency is Patreon. So truly like God bless if you have considered or are sponsoring me on there. And I decided throughout this episode that I am definitely doing a Hamilton deep dive for anybody that cares. And I will let you know when I post that. Um, And other than that, please rate and review five stars. I said on Instagram, I had like 299 reviews and I was like, I really want to get to 300. Will somebody rate? And I think like 30 of you didn't. God, you're so freaking, like, I can't, I don't deserve you. Thank you so much. I feel so annoying asking, but I hope you know that like, I wouldn't ask if I didn't need it. And if it was in vain, um, these things really do matter and help me grow and help me sustain the podcast as it is a part of my job, not all of it. And, um, you have no idea how much all these little things help, but anyway, what a joy, what a blessing, what a life to be able to keep you company this week. I am so lucky. I love doing this so much. And thank you for joining me. I hope you'll come back next week. We have so many fun, exciting things in store for this summer and people that are actually maybe responding to my emails that I think you might be really excited about. So anyway, looking forward to it. And until then, let me know your thoughts and I will let you know mine. I'll be there in five. I swear. You show me-